When I think about what the church is supposed to be, I think about the antidote to what the world is, you know, in, in a large sense. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that, about the world that we live in is the busyness of life. Yeah. You know, this nonstop go, 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 achieve, 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 and it just wears us out, right? Mm-hmm. And I think about how the church itself is supposed to be the antidote to that weariness, that tiredness of life. Yeah. You know, I get that idea because when I understand what the Sabbath is itself, yeah. you know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter four that God created the world in six days, mm-hmm. and then on the seventh day he rested and enjoyed all that he created. Yeah. In the same kind of sense, God has given us a Sabbath. A Sunday, a time to seek him and enjoy all that he does. So I think that we're supposed to be at rest on that Sunday. So, so think about this. Okay. Um, so when we got together mm-hmm. uh, for breakfast, I saw you walking into the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Moving slow. <laughs> the gate was, you know, uh-huh. moving sideways. Uh-huh. I was like, man, is Terrence all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked you that question when you got in, hey man, is everything okay? Yeah. And you said that you were walking slow on intention. Mm-hmm. I am practicing avoiding distress. Mm-hmm. Like literally before we started right now, I was on the phone with a friend of mine and was saying that when I'm rushing, I'm in distress. Like you cannot rush and not be in distress. And so... When you're in distress, you're com- you're stressed out. You're burdened. You are distracted. You are prone to missing important details. You're prone to just getting soul tired. Mm-hmm. And these days in my life, because I'm just tired of being soul tired, it's, it's about moving at a slower pace. Even in my walk, um, in my conversation. I'm a fast talker, but I'm practicing slowing down Mm. and it has provided a peace a wholeness of you know like oh I'm okay Uh, and I you know it's it's just essential I think just to have like that peace is important you see being at rest Mm -hmm. right from Hebrews 4 is is just your soul needs it Mm -hmm. your your mind your body everything about you craves rest right we're so trained to be busy. We are everything about our lives screams urgent, urgent, urgent. And you could be going so far so fast and not know that you're deteriorating. Mm-hmm. And I, I just got tired of deteriorating. Mm-hmm. And, and then waking up one day just down, you know, or sad or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm practicing intentional slowness. Amen. I'll get to it when I get to it. <laughs> you know, like. And God gave us this gift yeah. of the Sabbath. And I think that that's our job as a church. Yeah. You know, to model what it actually looks like to rest in God and enjoy Him. Yeah. You know, but we do something different in most of our churches and the experiences that I've also had is that we've just been busy. You know, we get quickly to the worship, quickly through prayer. Mm. You know, our. Our sermon has to hit the high point very quickly because we are modeling what the world gives us and less of what God says, just rest, enjoy, 
my presence yeah. and all that I created. Yeah. What we are losing value in is not understanding that God actually desires us to actually be with him. We think that God wants us to do things for him. Mm. And we're trained from the world to be achievers and to do and to do. And not really recognizing that the point of everything God may want in our life is actually just to be with him. Yeah. It's a little frightening. (laughs) Like, do not, like, yeah. Like, you don't want me to earn my way to heaven, Jesus? Like, you know. (laughs) But you said this to me before, is that everything that's about Christ Jesus Mm -hmm. Was about him being with us, yeah, being present with us, yeah. I mean, the whole book. I mean, let's we can start from Genesis one that the Holy Spirit is hovering the deep. God is already present in the brokenness or the emptiness of the world, and then He does all this work. He drops Adam and Eve in the garden, and based off of some implications, you see once Adam and Eve fall, God has come to the garden. So there's a there is a, an assumption that he makes visits, that he puts you in the garden so he can come hang out. He, he made you to, to hang out with you. And then we can drive on through to the children of Israel and we see um, uh, in the Exodus and we see God saying, hey, I got to come check on my people that I've made a covenant with. And then we see God saying, hey, make me a tabernacle. You know, I'm coming to hang. I want to be among my people. And that's the theme one of the major things with the scripture, um, I know we've been preached about going to be with God, but the whole scripture is like, no, God's coming to us. Yeah, there's a scripture that you were just sharing with me mm-hmm. that related to the children of Israel and Moses. Mm-hmm. I think it's Exodus 33. 33. Well, it's the scripture. I think in that passage, it bring it out of my memory, Moses is concerned about the journey. And he's asking God, he's like, how am I going to know? How, God says, my presence will go with you mm. and I will give you rest. Mm. So like Moses is anxious about this great situation that they're in. And God's like, I'm going with you. Like, not only am I, I'm not just walking alongside you. Not only am I just empowering you. And I'm not only am I just empowering you, but I'm actually present with you. And a byproduct of my presence is you're going to have rest. Yeah. You know? Let's talk about what the presence of God should mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because in that passage in Exodus chapter 33, God is not physical. Mm-hmm. But he, he still says to Moses, my presence will be with you. Yeah. And he's given us some kind of insight on how we can actually live today yeah. of God's presence still being with us, even when he's not physically there with us. Yeah. It's good. It makes me think of that. I think, I'm not sure if this is in the right spot, but it makes me think of, uh, as we're talking about this, uh, when he's guiding the children of Israel from out of Egypt down towards the, uh, the Red Sea, um, the text says there was a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the God was not the fire, mm-hmm. but fire is an expression of his presence. It was a symbol. Right. And how we make the presence of God, uh, we make the symbols of God the presence of God. Right. You know, and he's present when there is no symbol. <laughs> like, because he's omnipresent, right? But 
just struggling through, not struggling through it, but processing how to become aware. Right. Mm-hmm. Being aware of God. Mm-hmm. Because the Sabbath itself tells us that we got to slow down from the busyness of life mm-hmm. so that we can be aware yeah. of what is really happening. Yeah. So that you can just look, oh, I can enjoy everything that God has, has created. Yeah. I can look and smell the flowers. Right. You know, right. That's that expression, right? Right. That's good. Because sometimes when we're so busy, you can't look and smell the flowers and actually see that they're really right there. Yeah. So I think that when Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, mm-hmm. are actually expressing themselves to us to be present with them, it's an opportunity for us to, to recognize that God is everywhere. Yeah. But are we recognizing that God is everywhere in our life? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, this is good. This conversation is pointing to the reduction of busyness. It might be the most important to to be experiencing God. You know, Um, I mean, my life is, and we talked about, you know, just noticing the presence of God in my life. Growing up a Pentecostal, you know, every, uh, the emphasis on the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, you know. And so, um, man, it's just like I was taught, I was in the environment of people who who knew God. They didn't have much education, but these people had such a conviction about the realness of God that, you know, there was ways that they taught us about the presence of God that they didn't know they were teaching us. And so it makes me think, when I got saved, you know, I was in vacation Bible school, and there was something happening, and then the assistant pastor was like, hey, who wants to be saved? And to this day, I don't know why. I was like, I think I want that, you know? But the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit prompts us. So he came up, he prayed for us, laid hands on me, and I like fell out. I was like, but I was crying. There was, I felt something. Yeah, some, of, some of our friends would be like, oh, it's not about feelings. But I you, I cannot deny, it, that was an undeniable presence. Mm. A warmth, uh, you know that it's beyond. You don't. No blanket can give you this. Right. No. No physical body can give you this. And this is a good conversation. I like that you brought up your background, Pentecostal background, and that experience. And I was just reading today in the scriptures, John chapter twenty-one, I think in verse one and two, where God says that, and this was one way that He revealed Himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meaning that there's many ways that God reveals himself. Yeah. And so you have this one experience where God revealed yourself in a very Pentecostal way. Right, right. You know, some people who have accepted Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior haven't had that experience yet. Or maybe will never have that experience because God will reveal himself to them in a different way. Yeah. And so one of the conversations I love having with you is just appreciating the diversity of interactions we have with different kinds of Christians. Yeah. You know, whether or not you're Reformed or you're Charismatic or you're Baptist or you're Presbyterian, Episcopalian, or even Catholic. You know, there's a different ways that God has revealed himself to certain people and groups of people. Yeah. Of how his expression is known. Yeah. All through Christ Jesus, but the experience is not the same for everybody. Yeah. So I can, you know, use as an example, as someone who has more of a evangelical word-based bringing and background. They maybe have never had a Holy Spirit experience. Right. Their experience is primarily through the Word of God. Right. 
So understanding that I felt Jesus mm -hmm. or the Holy Spirit spoke to me as a foreign conversation. Right. Not saying that it's a, one is right and, what's, and the other is wrong. They're just two different experiences. Yeah. I appreciate the diversity in which God is presenting, which, which causes me to get around everybody. Let me, let me see how you're experiencing God. Right. Let me, and you actually, one person who helped me realize that some people, you said this, some people worship God with the mind. Mm -hmm. You know, for some it's in emotions or in their physical expressions, helping, helping me to realize and to notice how others are seeing God. Because imagine that I'm right with my wife, but I'm not paying attention to her at all. Yeah. Instead, what I'm absorbed in is some letters that she wrote me years ago. Right. And I just love these letters that she wrote to me. And I'm just absorbed in these letters, right. man. Like I, she just told me that she loved me so much. <laughs> and she told me what she was doing. Her experience there and I failed to recognize my wife's right here I can enjoy everything about her right here yeah I think about the Bible or the things of of God such as worship and prayer and all the things that are about God that sometimes we can actually miss the presence of God by being consumed with the things of God like I like to say like the things of God like the Word of God is supposed to draw us to the presence of God, to yeah. see God more clearly, yeah. to be more in the presence of God, to actually know God more. So when we think about the many ways that people can experience God, how do we help people to understand when you are experiencing the presence of God? That's a good question. What do you think? Well, I, I have to think about John 15, I mean, John, John 14, John 16, talking about the Holy Spirit. One thing is that he says, God, you know all truth. Right? So there's an informational element. There's, a, there's an illumination of your soul when you're in the presence, when you're experiencing the presence. Some ought to happen in your, in your mind when you have come upon the presence of God. I think that's one of the basic and most important. Because some groups will limit it to how you praise. Oh, it makes me dance. It makes me speak in tongues, <laughs> you know, it makes me shy. But I think, uh, besides a performance, something some ought to happen in us. How can, I was thinking about this. How can you be in the presence of Almighty God and remain the same? Mm. Maybe that's why we have a whole bunch of unchanged church people. But mm. We don't have to go there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, something ought to happen in my mind, in my soul, in my heart that a, a counselor couldn't help. Something ought to happen that, that a doctor couldn't do. Um, that medication couldn't accomplish. There'd be something happening in my being. Yeah. That's beyond human explanation. Yeah. I think that's that's how my first expression of In Acts chapter two, the Bible tells us that they started meeting daily in the houses of those that were part of the community of faith. And daily, as they were breaking bread, and as they were in community, they also experienced something special. Oh, the awe. I have the awe. The awe of God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's a, a missing point that we need to talk about. Yeah. It's like the awe of God is this opportunity 
to have this moment that's different from everything that you experience, that is distinctively God drawing himself to you, that the only thing that you can do is to revere the presence that he gives us. Same thing happened to Moses, right? Where he saw the the burning bush and he was in awe. You know, not awe as in wow, but awe as it takes your breath away. You know, an opportunity, sometimes there are moments where God gives you where he just takes your breath away. And when I think about all the expressions that God reveals himself to us, he can take our breath away in every single expression yeah. of his revelation, of yeah. his revealing of himself. That's good. Through the word, yeah. through worship, yeah. through prayer, yeah. you know, through the Holy Spirit, yeah. you know, charismatic experience. All of those are different, but we'll all have an opportunity to be in awe. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, bro. That's really good because I—that's another thing. Because I, I think through the scriptures in my mind, all the odd experiences. Isaiah chapter six: the, the year King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord was trained for the temple. The cherubim were flying. I mean, and he, the awe brings him to his knees. You know, like this. Uh, this I have never seen anything more beautiful. I've never seen anything more glorious. Those all experiences become what is normal as we gather as a community. And I think one of the the things that I like to talk about is how do I be authentic? To not manufacture, but to just be in the presence where I'm free to just express this moment that I'm having with God. So yesterday, I think God gave me an opportunity, an example to express what it means to have an awe moment. And so I'm listening to my playlist of worship, and it gets to a song that talks about waiting on the Lord. And I've heard this song about a hundred times. But this time when I heard the words, and I was singing the words, I started to cry out to God. And I said, Lord, I will wait on you. You will renew my strength. And as I started saying those words, it felt different than the words that I was hearing. It was like God was giving me a pause. You know, he was giving me a moment to recognize that, yes, I truly will strengthen you as you need strength. And the only thing I could do at that moment was just get on my knees, lift up my hands, and let tears just come out of my eyes. I felt that was an awe moment. You know, an opportunity for for me to express the way that God actually can touch you and just show you that His presence is right here. Yeah, yeah. His presence is right here in that moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Causes us, distracts us, bro. You know, you're too busy to think about. You're too, you know, you got too much going on to say. Let me pause. And experience the awe so that I think the awe increases our It's a part of it. It's kind of like, you know, you get warmer when you're about to eat. <laughs> you know, when you're about to fire. So you got to make sure you pause and get by the fire so you can be impacted. You know, that's the awe. We have to have more spaces for it so that it helps us to have more spaces for it. That's the only way to have more space. That's the only way to, to create a hunger for it. 
Yeah. You know what we should do? What should we do? Part two. Part two. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. I'm we, in. Let's do a cliffhanger. Let's do a cliffhanger. So let's pause it for here. Okay. Let's come back and do a part two and continue and discuss what it truly means to be in the presence of God. Yeah. What it means to get out of the way so that as we gather together as people yeah. who love God, who worship God, that we're always experiencing His presence. Let's do it, bro. Do it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.